This is episode number 31 with country music star Jimmy Allen. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. Today is a special episode with a guy who moved to Nashville back in 2007 to pursue a dream, and then after nine and a half years, he signed a publishing deal. Jimmy Allen is from a small town in Delaware with a population of about 900 people, and he found a way to make his way to the top of the Billboard Country Airplay chart with his number one hit called Best Shot. In this interview, Jimmy talks about the patience he was able to have during his journey because he knew his life was going to have phases. Jimmy talks about the importance of being a sponge, of taking in as much information and as much learning as you possibly can simply through relationship building. Jimmy talks about how to find the right significant other and how to avoid the one who isn't right for you. He discusses things that young people are able to do to take action on making their career happen. And if anyone knows how to do this, it's him. This was a special interview for me because Jimmy gave me some perspective on patience throughout the journey, on the importance of letting time run its course and staying persistent. While you're listening to this episode, take a screenshot of it and post it on your Instagram story and tag me and Jimmy at carrier underscore best you and at Jimmy Allen. Jimmy would love to hear what your favorite part of the episode is. But for now, it's time. It's time to work on being our best self today with the one, the only Jimmy Allen. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I've got a super special interview today with the one and only Jimmy Allen. Uh, appreciate you coming here today, oh, Jimmy. Oh, dude, no problem. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Here's some great things about you. And through my research, I've gotten more and more uh, stoked about our conversation. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man. So basically, the way I want to start today is, you know, you're from Milton, Delaware, mm-hmm. a small town with maybe about a thousand people in it. You said about maybe 800 people, but- Yeah, uh, it was like when, the, when I was there, it was about 850. Yeah. We got about, I think there's like 11 to 1,200 now because people like fluctuate in during the summer. Right. So like during the winter, it's probably about 900 people. <laughs> then during the summer, like about three to 400 come in. They yeah. have houses there and stuff. So That's yeah, nuts. Man. Well, cool. And then you moved to Nashville back in 2007. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a little bit deeper about kind of the reason of moving. Like obviously you kind of know you want to be a country music star, but I want you to dive a little bit deeper because it's like a risky move. You don't have a whole lot of money. You don't yeah. ex- exactly have a specific plan. So tell me about kind of that decision of moving to Nashville back in 2007. To me, it was just a matter. I'm a, there's no gray area for me. It's black or white. You either want to do something or you, if you want to do something, you do it. If you don't do it, that's because you really didn't want to do it. And that's me. I realized, you know, in order for me to do the, the country rock pop thing, I had to be in Nashville. So I just decided that's where I'm going to go and literally just left. But that's me, though. Like, my whole life, I'm a very either. And that's just me. I'm very black and white. There's no in between. Like, yeah. everything I don't do is because I don't want to do it. <laughs> like, you know, everything I do is because that's what I do want to do. And I figure you have to put the effort in. Right. So What it, what else in your life has that translated to? Like, what else have you just gone and done for Everything out? as far as, like, you know, whether it's sports in high school, whether it's, uh, you know, acting on the TV side, uh, hosting TV shows and stuff like that. Just get up and get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with, like, my workout in the morning. Like, I know my diet isn't the best. So for me to keep – for me to maintain the body I have right now that's not halfway too bad, I got to go to the gym. So I'm the type – like, I set one alarm and I get up and go. Yeah, because again, in that mindset is, and I have a playlist I start on Spotify called my motivation. It's got my young Jeezy on there, all my hip hop stuff that gets me pumped up in the morning. Yeah, because you can't listen to jazz and country in the morning, right. bro. Not when you're trying to wake up. Listen, <laughs> <This>, no, <laughs> no. I think it's really important that you set one alarm. I think so many people, like I've seen so many people pull up their phones and like yeah. show how many back to back alarms you're setting yourself yeah. up. Like you know you're gonna do it. Why yeah. are you setting yourself up? And to up me, it's a, it's a. 
it's uh, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I got a ghost in here. Yeah. To me, that's a mirror of your approach to life. Yeah. Laziness. Because yeah. Again, that's really what it boils down to. If you don't do something and you keep saying, I want to get up, want to get up, want to get up, you get up. And like, yeah. we're all guilty of it. And for me, that's life. It's like life sometimes gives you one chance to make it happen. And what happens is if you set three, four, five, six alarms, a lot of times you're setting yourself up for unrealistic expectations and patterns that you get used to, you know. So when you hear one alarm, you know, you're like, ah, it'll come back on. Ah, it'll come back on. A lot of times that might transition into life when somebody says, hey, I have an opportunity for you. Oh, I'll, I'll wait next time. Mm. I'll have an opportunity. I'll wait next time. Then that next time doesn't come. So I figure, you know, the more we can program ourselves to every opportunity that we have to make it happen, whether it's as little as setting your alarm one time and getting your butt up out of bed, that'll really help us train ourselves for every other aspect in life to really be hungry and motivated and a lot of times be our own motivation to make happen what we want. Yeah. yeah. Were, there, were there any other specific opportunities or, or specific experiences that you felt like you did a really good job of hopping on and not letting it pass by, you know what I mean? Like really taking advantage of a specific yeah, experience. Like just specific songwriting opportunities, opportunities uh, doing a bunch of different talent shows, uh, did stand-up comedy for like three or four years and did that. And for me, it was all about not always, a lot of people get the thing where in their head everything has to be about exposure. A lot of times it's not about exposure. It's about practice, mm. repetition. That way when you get the exposure, you're ready and you don't blow that opportunity. You know what I'm saying? So like so many people want the big show, they want the big show, but they don't want to put in a rehearsal. They don't want to put in the time to get the songs right. They don't want to put in the time to make sure the show flows right with the songs, you know, and covering every aspect of the show to where when you have a label or a publisher or a manager or somebody comes to see you, they're like, damn, can't deny it. Right. You know, and I feel like that's what you have to be. Uh, that's what you have to be ready for. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> that was funny, bro. <laughs> Never actually had that happen. It always hangs up. You got to keep that in the video. <laughs> yeah, no, I will. You got to keep that in the I video. I will. Again, uh... So like you just said, and like it is one thing I read about you too or heard about you too is that you did stand-up comedy for mm. a few years. Tell me a little bit about like the decision to do stand-up comedy and why. Because see, stand-up comedy for me is like being a performer to a concert is easy because concert music listeners come ready and excited to be entertained. Stand-up comedy crowds are more like, hey, impress me. So you really got to find ways to dig deep and turn a crowd that's not there to support you. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. To where it's a lot easier to get cheers from people that are willing and open to accept you versus people that are like, yeah, prove to me why I should laugh. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you can get them to laugh, what it does is it, it, it's a connection between you and the audience. And if you can make a connection between a a hostile audience, you can easily make connections that last beyond the concert with an audience that's willing to receive already. So that was my purpose for getting into comedy. So what do you think is your biggest, the biggest lesson that you learned through that experience of trying to flip a crowd, if you will? Uh, just be yourself. Don't fail. You know, people identify better with things that relate to your life that they can relate to their own. Mm. And whether it's fabricated a little bit to really make it funnier or, or really tie it in, that's fine. But what happens is people take it and tie it to their life. And I realized that a story that says about my life or someone else has always resonated a lot better than just some random 
nonsense. Yeah. Was know? there a go-to story that you always had? <clears throat> yeah, I had a go-to story about the time I was like, <laughs> I was like 14, and we had a boy's sleepover at this kid's house from my church, and I peed in the bed. <laughs> it was bad, man. I go on and on about that, about how, like, I remember I woke up, I pissed in the bed, I looked around, everybody was sleeping, I took off and hid in the bathroom for, like, <laughs> 20 minutes, the boys and mom got up, like, flipped the mattress over. I'm, like, peeping out the window and stuff. It was bad. Oh, but I go into all that and stuff, the, the, all the jokes and stuff that comes with that. It was pretty funny, though. Right. Yeah, it was pretty funny. That's hilarious. So, you moved to Matt Nashville in 2007. When mm -hmm. you get here, um, I learned that you lived in a trailer for a little bit with no electricity and yeah. then you lived in your car for a couple months. Yeah. Um, I kind of just want you to talk a little bit about that grind and what's kind of going through your mind when you're you're working at the snack bar at a gym and you're making shakes and you're doing all of these little things as much as you can. Like, do you do you feel like you are on the right path? Do you feel like you're going somewhere or, or do you have the mindset of like, I have no idea what I'm doing? Oh, I definitely feel like you're going somewhere because every, no matter the career, they all start the same life and improvement. And you need to meet people. And a lot of times, again, people think, since they're a musician, I need to be in the studio and meet people. No, you don't. You just need to meet people. You need to meet people, one, in the career that can help point you in the right direction. Two, you just need to meet people anyway. If you're trying to be a songwriter and connect with people you've never met before, you need to learn as much about different types of people as you can. And what better place to do it than a gym? Um, so <clears throat> for me, I just felt like I was at the time of my life where I was in the sponge portion of my life. I feel like you're always a sponge, but really in the sponge portion without the squeeze because I'm trying to soak in as much information as the music business, who knows what, who knows who, as well as just connecting with other writers that went to the gym, other performers that went to the gym, as well as just everyday people with nine to five jobs because those are the people I have. I'm going to be writing my songs to to try to get them to buy my music and come to my shows. So I always felt like I was on a path, but I, I look at life in phases. As in, that was in my recon phase, you mm -hmm. know. Then after recon phase you go to you go to planning. You know, then after you plan you go to trial. You know, you try this song out live here, you try this song here, and then you go to execution where you finally take it and you record it. Hey, this is a song that every place we play to the response has been great. So you take that song and then you take it to the next level, try to get a publisher, try to get a manager, try to get a label. And I feel like that's those are different parts I had to go through. Yeah, no, I think that's really cool that you had that perspective back yeah. then that you know, you were in this phase of your life and it didn't all, you don't, you don't have to be doing all of this stuff, mm -hmm. just like soaking it in sp sponge, sponge, yeah, sponge. Without the you gotta be patient. Really cool. You definitely gotta be patient because so many people, you know, I don't know if y'all have seen it, but the thing called the Defiant Ones with Jimmy Iovine and uh, Dr. Dre. I haven't seen it. You need to see it. It's a documentary on those two dudes' lives. All the sacrifices they went through, the divorces, uh, it, it's crazy because so many people want to be as successful as Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, but don't want to put the work in. Mm. And people don't understand, man. There's there's days now where I'm frustrated and don't know what the heck's going on. But like, I feel like if you really want something to find out how bad you want it, say to yourself, am I willing to lose everything I have right now for that? Relationships, not eating, uh, being comfortable with a roof over my head and heat. You know, how many people say, you know what, you'll be successful in a few years, but you got to live in your car for four months. You got to not eat for three days. This girlfriend or this boyfriend you think you love, mm, they got to go. They're going to leave you. How bad do you want it? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And for me, I sacrificed everything. And there's no relationship ever came before music, except for my son now. But, no, dating a girlfriend, no, man, that's the last of my words. I'm going to run off girlfriend. Yeah. Like, they'll be around. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to me, my 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 career was that important to me. Awesome. And this one girl's like, "Well, you would choose music over me." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's not a question. Yeah. Like it's not a question, and I think it's selfish for someone to say that to you when they know they're chasing your dream. Someone that's really loves you and care about you won't give you that ultimatum. Mm-hmm. That's selfish. Then you know right there, oh, you're not the person for me. Deuces. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I was quick to pull up deuces right. in relationships, bro. And my thing is, if it ain't working in three months, it ain't going to work. Yeah. Like, I think that's important. Oh, yeah, man. Because I've seen so many people that's chasing this music thing stay in toxic relationships, man. I feel like you know in three months if you want to be with somebody or not. Mm-hmm. And people like... You know, you have people that, yeah, we dated for four years, but we should have broke up month, uh, year one. Yeah, you should have. Why don't you do it? You know, how people will people will risk everything for a relationship. Something that can give and then take away, but won't risk everything for a career that they could have control over. And mm-hmm. that's something I've never understood. Because to me, relationships with people, it's great. You know, love is cool. But at the same time, it's a different type of thing, you know, and that's why I figure I'd be able to separate the two. Mm. Like, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just it, it never I, it was never a question for me where I'm going to move here and right. give this up for a girl. No, I th- yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that's. <clears throat> I think it's interesting because that's like a little bit how I feel right now yeah. too. Um, but I feel like you know you touched on phases of your life too, mm-hmm. and I feel like that could also just be a phase of yeah. someone's life. I feel like at a certain point, you know, your career is so 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 important, mm-hmm. and then maybe if you get to a specific point in your life, you know, and maybe at a financial spot where you feel comfortable, maybe that becomes a higher priority oh, for or, sure, or yeah. something like that. So I feel like that can go in phases. I've had as well. most girls I've dated, you know, they'll say. Well, hey, Jimmy, I need, I want you to spend more time with me and like my, where I'm from, my hometown and stuff like that. But I'm like, look, I'm touring 25 days a month and my four or five days off, I'm going to Nashville to be with my son. I can't come to you. That's mm-hmm. just, that's just me. And like everyone from my mom to like my pastor and my mentors and my therapists and everybody is like, listen, you need to find someone. You're in a part of your life where you have to be selfish. Mm-hmm. You need to find someone that's okay with, Coming to you, they can either keep their job or give it up. Mm-hmm. But realize, hey, you'll go, you'll put them on a plane, or they'll be in your tour bus and travel with you right now because that's mm-hmm. what you need. She said, a girl that can't fit into that right now for the next five years ain't for you. Mm-hmm. And that's just how I got to look at it. Yeah. And and I think people need to be honest with. No one should have to <clears throat> sacrifice their career when they're trying to build it to be with someone. Mm-hmm. You find someone who's willing to fit into your life. Mm-hmm. And my thing is. If I knew if I was dating a girl that had a career and she chased it and couldn't be around, couldn't be around. I had the career that I was off on weekends, stuff like I'd fly to her. No questions. And I feel like people need to it's not selfish when you're unwilling to bend at a certain point in life. It's not wrong with it because society lets us know you need to make it work, both people know. No, actually you don't. Like, you find someone that's willing to deal with you. Like, when people say you find someone, you marry someone that's willing to deal with your crap and your schedule, your career is part of that. Right. You know what I mean? It's just, 
And that's just where I'm at in life. Like, yes, my wife, she has to be able to come here with me yeah. on the road because yeah. I don't have time to go to her town and hang out with her family and her friends. I just don't. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I understand that. And, you know, we've touched on, I feel like, a different couple of different kinds of relationships now, yeah. you know, like a significant other and then building relationships mm-hmm. with other people in terms of networking and building mm-hmm. a career. And I feel like in, in, in any industry, music in particular is huge in terms of building your network, Dude, building relationships. you got to build it. What do you think is the most important, maybe lesson you learned to help you build the best relationships with other people kind of in your network. Be yourself. Take the time to actually listen to what someone else has to say from their point of view. Again, be a sponge, you know, because being able to relate to people when they talk about something, being able to process and fully understand information when they're trying to teach you something is very valuable. And people never want to feel like they're wasting their time. So I feel like if you're lucky enough to get with an artist you love or producer or a songwriter, take notes if you got to. Don't ask the same question twice. You're lucky they told you the first time because they don't owe you anything. And that's what people got to understand. Nobody owes you a thing. Your parents don't owe you nothing. The world don't owe you nothing. Right. Just because somebody is successful from your same town, they don't owe you nothing. They went out and and made it happen, too. So I figure, like, if we take that mindset of nobody owes us, we need to be appreciative of every opportunity we get, it would really change our perspective and, and, and our approach to things and, and really want to retain and make the best out of every moment we're spent learning. Right. And that's why I think networking is so important. Networking, yeah, it's about learning, but it's also I mean, it's about meeting people that can help one day, but it's also about learning. That way you learn and you take what they've taught you, apply it to your work ethic, and they'll see the growth. Mm-hmm. And that's when they're, they're willing to step back and, and, and help you get, get to the next level. Yeah. I mean, I really like what you said in terms of nobody owes you anything. The world doesn't owe you anything mm-hmm. because I really think that a lot of people have that belief. Oh, you know, my I think God. That, that's why. People, a lot of people are very entitled. Like, I get people from my town all the time. Jimmy, I'm from Delaware, man. You should look out. I don't have to. I shouldn't do nothing. What are you talking about? It's like, play some music. Go book some shows. Get your butt out of town. Nobody's coming to Delaware to find you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Get your butt. Go to New York. Go to LA. Play some shows. Mm-hmm. Don't call me. Like, why would I do that? Why would I work harder than you? Mm-hmm. In your career. Now, I'm all about helping people when I see them helping themselves. Mm-hmm. If there's a phone call I can make or there's a suggestion. I'm all about that. But I'm not going to start working for your career before you start working for yourself. Yeah. Because you shouldn't. Nobody should do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people kind of victimize themselves to certain, in certain situations mm-hmm. because they think they're owed something. Yeah. Because um, I feel like that guy probably, if I don't know if this was an actual situation, but if somebody reached out to you, um, he might, and then, then like, you're like, don't respond or whatever. He might think, oh man, like he owes me something. Yeah. And he thinks like he's a victim to a certain situation. Yeah. People are just soft yeah. these days. Yeah. So <laughs> soft. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, you talked about how you were going through the sponge phase and learning, learning, learning. Did you do anything in particular to like jot notes all the time? And oh, yeah. I always did notes. I'd turn my voice recorder on on my phone. Okay. Like I would physically take notes like in a notepad. Like I still have them. Because um, again, I think you take care of what's important to you. If you're serious about something, you'll do whatever it takes to retain information, mm-hmm. to learn from it, to apply it to your life. And for me, I know I need to take notes because I, I get obsessed with things. You know, I want to go back and study it and okay, how to get better, okay, yeah. how to take what I've learned and then grow here and then go back and look at it and grow some more. Because life is, no matter your career, life is a, is a never-ending growing phase. And when you stop growing, when you stop being willing to learn, that's when you kind of plateau and fizzle out. Mm-hmm. All right, so <clears throat> kind of going to dive into a little bit how you have, you have a son, right? His name is Aiden, yeah, is that Aiden, right? Yeah, Awesome, very good. And he is, is he almost five years old? Yeah, he'll be five this year. Okay, awesome, very good. So I kind of want to pull up a hypothetical situation right here. I want, 
if this was your last day and you had to go on to whatever's next and you had hey, music? No, 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 no. Like I die. Life, life, oh, okay, die. cool. I was like, all right, you die. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, I guess I should have been more upfront with you. Yeah, if you like, die, if you die, <laughs> today is your last yeah. day and you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you had to leave your son with three messages or three lessons that he would have to carry with him throughout the rest of his life. And this mm-hmm. is kind of all that he would have from you to move through life with. He wouldn't see any of your other interviews, any other content, mm-hmm. any songs, anything like that. He would just have these three written lessons, messages or whatever. What are those three things? Oh, never give up. Uh, never give up. Believe in yourself. You don't need everybody to like you. I feel like those three things are there covered. That you don't need everybody to like you. Meaning you don't need everybody's you, people's opinion of what you do or who you are don't matter. Only opinion matters yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, always be yourself in every situation. Be honest. Be you. You know, put more of who you are into the world and never give up. No matter what career you're chasing, don't quit. Even when you become successful in that career, keep pushing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I like those it. Those are great. Right those are yeah, great. So the last two questions are always the same that I ask everybody. And the first one, I always throw out the age uh, question. So how old are you? 32. 32? All right, Gus. Awesome. So in 10 years, you're going to be 42. Um, what does... No, 33. Shit. So. <laughs> no, you're good. 33. 10 years will be 43. <clears throat> yeah. You just turned 33 yeah. or something? Yeah. Okay. So. Got you. Well, in 10 years, you're going to be 43. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, what does 43-year-old Jimmy Allen look like? What has he done? What is he currently doing? And what has he accomplished? Uh, hopefully he's married with some more kids. Uh, <laughs> done a few movies by then. <clears throat> Maybe like on my fifth or sixth book. Uh, hosting TV show, tell you the talk show or game show. Still touring. Uh, doing a little motivational speaking. Uh, my I got, got my foundation started. Uh, yeah. Awesome. What do those things all have in common? I'm interested. What like what? What is it about those things that tie them all into things that you want to do for me they're all separate Mm. because my thing is there's different parts of my brain and different parts of life i want to explore i feel like you don't man for me what makes it special is each thing is completely different you know like music is what propelled these other opportunities but they're completely different you know what i mean like my book that i'm writing now has nothing to do with my life it's a character i created you know most people think so you writing a book about your life yeah no that's whack it's too early for that it's kind of boring but i created this character that could be turned into a cartoon we've already started talking to different companies about maybe picking it up you got that got the clothing line uh got this tv show uh idea just started like it's kind of like a talk show segment sort of thing we're gonna start pitching that later this year uh got a radio show as well as touring, I want to do motivational speaking into different, um, you know, schools and stuff like that. Uh, I want to start a, uh, this charity for homeless. Mm-hmm. Like so, for me, it's just so many different things. Like what ties it in is just, just different extensions of who I am and what I'm passionate about. Yeah, you know, so that's awesome. Well, it's, yeah. it's a great thing. You got to be organized, to get all that done. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, just try to keep it. You know, just try to go for it, man. Yeah. You know, that's my thing. I think the different, the more different your ideas from another. One of your ideas is better. I think it's it's great because what happens is you give people more eyes into you. Yeah. You know, because there might be people that didn't like my song Best Shot, but they connected with my relationship mm-hmm. that with my grandmother. So they went back and listened to other music, you mm-hmm. know, vice versa. So I feel like the more tentacles you put out into the world, the more something else that people can can grab onto. Yeah. No, I like yeah. that. Well, before I ask the last question, I want to acknowledge you for your 
really for your perspective on patients that you had going throughout your career, because I know that that's one of the things that I struggle the most with yeah. is patients throughout the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like the only thing that keeps me relatively patient is knowing that that's everybody's process. Mm-hmm. No, oh, that, for that's sure. just every, how you have to go through it. So just trying to keep that perspective and realize that you're just kind of building a foundation. Mm-hmm. And I think you had a great perspective of that very early on and you stuck with, and I think a lot of people would have given up. So I think that message that you would portray to your son to never yeah. give up is super cool. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying for you, bro? Like, you know, it's all about persistence because mm-hmm. what happens is people that deserve their opportunity, get it. People that don't quit. Mm-hmm. And then they're left with you. Because that's how I looked at my music. I was like, you know what? Everybody that deserves a record deal or don't is going to get one. <laughs> All the lazy people will quit. Then the label's got to sign me. So eventually I feel like my time would come with someone. It's all about timing. You know, because it's crazy. You never know how many things need to line up in order for you to get your opportunity. Like, I look at my career. Well, my manager, the guy that signed me to my pub company, had to stop being an artist and start a pub company in order for him to sign me. The guy, John Lobin, that's head of my label had to become head of the label to actually sign me. You know, BMG had to come in and buy Broken Bow for them to be interested to take something more global and look for an artist that was completely different than everyone else. So I felt like things need to happen in order to get, you know, Mm -hmm. the opportunity. I I need to get to a point in life where my show was ready, where my music was ready, you know, because if Broken Bow would have saw me four years ago, uh, my show wasn't there yet. You know what I mean? So it's just timing. Um... It's, uh, you know, because how, how, how old are you? 24. Yeah. Whew, yeah, baby. <laughs> I remember when I was 24, like, man, when I was 24, I was working like two and a half, three jobs, uh, just trying to just figure it out mm-hmm. down here. But, you know, learning a lot. You're a lot farther in your career than <laughs> I am. And I was at 24, yeah. man. So, yeah, it's just about learning every day, you know, yeah. keeping, being optimistic about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, waking up excited to take opportunities and, you know, uh, just doing things that most people don't do. Yeah. You know, people that say might be crazy. You know, cold call someone's management that's people might consider out of your league because what happens is they might say no, but they heard your name. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it's about, them hearing your name and then coming back to it. Mm-hmm. You know, think, <clears throat> find different ways to maybe get on a red carpet for a Nashville AIMP Awards, the uh, Christian Awards, like K Love, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Just so many different things that, because everybody's just, so many people just chase down one thing, yeah. but there's so many other ways to really grow it. Like, say for instance, you had on the, my buddy Corlin Finnegan. He owns juice bars. So not only talk about his football, but what happens is he talks juice bars. Mm-hmm. So then say they start sharing that on all the juice bar social medias. Say you do the people that started Sweet CCs. Mm-hmm. You talk to them. They'll start sharing your podcast with all them too. And you hit these small different companies that have different fan bases in different areas to where you're talking to them, but it's an extension of your brand and who you are. And it mm-hmm. puts more eyes on you. You know what I mean? Same thing with Arthur's and like book companies. Like, hey, who's some of your authors? I would love to talk to them. Then bam, that book company, that publishing company is sharing that podcast with that. Again, something that's tied to your name. Just just different 
No, like, stuff like I think that, I think so. it's just like always having a creative mind <clears throat> in terms of what else can you do. But I want to make sure we get you out of here on time. But before the last question, I want everybody to be able to f- support you and follow yeah. you as much as you can. Tell them where they can find you on social media, online, oh, yeah. about your tour dates and all that good stuff. All the social media is just at Jimmy Allen, J-I-M-M-I-E. A-L-L-E-N, that's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then all my tour dates and merch and stuff is JimmyAllenMusic.com. Pretty simple. Sweet. Good <laughs> deal. We'll go follow them, everybody. Um, so the last question I always ask everybody is relates to the, the name of the podcast, Best You Podcast. And you kind of touched on it. Becoming <laughs> the best version of yourself is a constant journey. Mm-hmm. If you ever think you're there, you're going to become a place yeah, and yeah. you're going to just stop. Um, so it's a constant journey. Um, always trying to be better t- today than we were yesterday, yeah. tomorrow than today. And what I want to ask for you personally is if there are three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to become closer to the best version of yourself. What are those three um, things you could do or work on? Um, for me, it would be be more transparent and honest with an opinion the first time. Because a lot of times I feel like when people ask us a question, uh, we kind of hold back in fear of hurting them. But really, if we don't tell them the truth and they're supposed to be our friend, they don't learn. They can't grow. Mm. A lot of times, you know, like, I remember someone would say, hey, Jimmy, I love this song. Okay, if you love this song, why won't you sign me to a pub deal? Obviously, you don't. So you tell me you love me, tell me you love this song, then nothing happening isn't helping me. Now, you tell me I don't like this song because, and then you list the things that I can improve on. That's how you grow. So uh be a lot more honest the first time. Uh <coughs> Uh, say make more time for myself as far as to just live because uh, you got to rest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the more I can rest and dig into more of who I am, that'll help me as well. Um, mm, it's maybe, a lot. Maybe anything about your son, being a father. Yeah, like mm-hmm. for me, uh, being a dad's helped me a lot. Learn what unconditional love is. So just, you know make more time to be a dad and you know uh because i feel like your kids your business they're all that's an extension of you like if you're the tree your business your kids your music they're branches and what happens is if you don't take care of yourself the tree if the tree dies the branch dies you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. You really have to to take care of yourself, rest. Like a lot of people got this mentality, I'll sleep when I die. Yeah, or if you don't sleep, you will die. Get rest, people. (laughs) You have to. You you have to get rest. People don't eat breakfast. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day because some people say, I don't eat breakfast. Well, if you don't eat breakfast, how the heck are you fueling your body during the day? Mm -hmm. And then you feed it a bunch of food that don't need at night, and then you want it to sleep and rest, and your body can't rest. So get rest, people. Let's not be idiots. Be smart. Uh, Wake up earlier. See, the whole day, your mind is the most active and ready to learn and create in the morning. Wake up earlier. You know, try to see the whole day. Uh, yeah, man, and just keep being you. Yeah, dude. I yeah. love it. Well, I appreciate you coming oh, yeah, in, dude. No problem, bro. It was awesome. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. There you have it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, send me and Jimmy a message on Instagram at carrier underscore best you and at Jimmy Allen, letting us know your favorite part. Whether this is your first time here or not, I want to let you know how special you are to me. Why? Because you're the person who's looking to make a change in your life. You're the kind of person that Jimmy would love to support. The kind of person who is taking ownership of their own life and own career to make it better. Not expecting things from others or from the world. So I want to say thank you for tuning into the episode. You mean the world to me. I hope you got something from Jimmy today that you're able to use in your life to act upon. Remember, be patient. 
there's always a process and a journey. And overnight success, there's no such thing. If there is, it's gone just as quickly as it came. Also, never give up. Believe in yourself. You don't need everybody to like you. Wake up earlier. There's so many things that Jimmy gave that you can start looking at to improve on in your life. Choose one and then start to work on it. For now, it's time to go out, guys, to upgrade yourself today to get closer and closer to your best you.